Welcome to The Luxury Code, where we decode the mindset, the marketing, and the business approach of successful luxury brokers. Hey, welcome back to The Luxury Code. Today, we're gonna unpack with Gary Gold his 10 steps from generating a luxury listing lead all the way through to the close and what he does if he doesn't get the listing. So Gary, welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing outstanding, man. Happy New Year to you. And Happy thank New you Year for to you being, as well. Yeah, thanks for being a part of the show. Now, Gary, you're one of those special guests that I can say, hey, Gary, come on, because every agent wants to know the hacks. Everybody wants to know the best practices. Everybody wants the, the cheat code, if you will, mm -hmm. to go from selling at one price point to another. And I think what's going to be special about uh, the people listening today uh, there's going to be a lot of note taking because your your ten points are spot on for not just the luxury broker, but I would argue for any agent that wants to list property at scale. Right. So I'm well, going to go ahead. I love nothing more than doing this because I find every time I teach other people what to do, right, it just reinforces on a deeper level of me. I'm like student number one. So I love this. 1000%. And thank you, my friend, for sharing. We, you know, we've been working together for a long time, I think like 2010, nine, 2009. Nine, I think it's 2009. Right. So, so, all right, well, look, look at, you're going to bedazzle them. So for the listener, whether you're on audio or video right now, get ready, get that, get that pen or your phone ready to take some notes. So Gary, talk to us about the 10 things you do from lead to listing taken. Okay. Number, and this is not, this is 10 things I do but no. this is 10 things that are adaptable to anyone. This is not 100%. just, I don't do it because I've sold the Playboy Mansion and I've had all these big sales and been doing it for 35 years. This, is, this applies to everybody. Right. So number one, which is critical, especially if you don't have a track record in the high end, is sell what you have. If you are brand new, but you like came from another industry, you might bring a dialogue to the table. Hey, listen, I used to be in the music business and this is what I learned there. And this is what I'm going to apply here. And I do it a little bit differently. Or the fact that, listen, you've got a hundred percent of my attention or whatever it may be. And sometimes it's your company. Right. I would say the company that you work with, it's, you, you touched on something immediately that I think a lot of not just new agents, but, but agents in general seem to miss. They, they look around and they don't see all the ways to connect the dots of what makes them special and unique or a better option for the buyer, for the seller. So your first thing is you got to sell what you have. And I've heard you, you mentioned this before, but it's also don't sell what you don't have. No, I mean, just be, be yourself and sell that. People are really smart and what they don't necessarily consciously get, they subconsciously get and people like end up liking someone. So we'll get into more. We'll, there's more on that as the steps yes. go by, but I think yeah. that's critical. Let's go to number, number two. two. Number two, which was a big one for me, is decide you're going to get this listing. Right. Uh, when I, at some point when I was, at first when I got the lead for the Playboy Mansion, it was years prior. First, I didn't believe that you could sell the Playboy Mansion. Sure. And then it was, how, would, uh, how am I going to get that? Because I was not the most apparent person to get that there were other people with track records that far exceeded mine at the time uh but at some point uh, as i started doing research i i knew it i can get this listing and i literally made a decision i'm gonna get it no matter what 
And uh, I think that that's key where you have that type of confidence. And it's easy to have that confidence if you're selling what you have. If you're bullshitting, that right. falls apart real quick. So yeah, um, I wanted to make that distinction that this isn't like just an affirmation. This is a, a level of determination, which means I'm going to do everything in my power ethically and morally to out prepare, do what, you know, do whatever it takes to win. Yes. Yes. And which gets me to the, the next point, which gives you that ability to decide is just be prepared more than anyone. When right. I go to into a listing appointment, when I get a, sometimes I get a lead for a listing appointment, I go, Jesus, I'm going to deal with, because when I go on listing appointments for these house, yeah. big ones, I am competing with literally the number one, two, and three agents in the world. Right. It's insane. The right. competition where I am is insane. Right. So I'm competing with people that are all day long as good or better than me. They just are. Right. Uh, that doesn't mean I can't, and I, I, but I happen to do very, very well when I compete against these people. And I'm just more prepared than everyone. I, but what is that? And, like, Gary, we know that phrase, be prepared, but what is that? Right. Like, give us an example. Like, break down, like, yeah. what's, what is your level of preparation? How many hours do you spend? And what do you spend it on? Okay, easily. I mean, on something monumental, I call it cer certain type of sales, I call it Super Bowl rings, like the Playboy Mansion, the Beverly Hillbillies Estate, the yeah. First Estate. Yeah. I want those. Those, those are, those change your career. Those right. make, those are epic. And everyone in their area will have those properties. If you sell that, yep. you, it is something. So I'll, I could spend 10, 20 hours on it. I mean, I will put the time to it. I become tenacious. And besides the time, here's what I'm talking about. Yeah. First of all, I sit down and I anticipate what these sellers are going to want. I do not have a blank special, here's my listing presentation. I call my company and I have them give it and I just come in here. Here's the book. Do not do that. Now, I say, what does this deal need? Now, there's one I use all the time, but I don't probably, and was, I, we've talked about it. It's my reverse marketing listing presentation yeah. where I show them a sale I did before and show them how I sold it. Uh, but I don't use that all the time. Sometimes for these big epic ones where I know it's going to be a beauty pageant and they're going to interview 10 people, I like for the for one of the uh, big ones I sold is I brought, I, I made five books for a whole board of directors and they, they each weighed like 15 pounds. They were like coffee table art books. So right. I wanted to go plop, boom. And that, and, and that's what I did. And the detail of that was crazy. I probably put 20 hours into that deal. But so that's, but what was in the book? Are we talking, are we talking recent sales? Are we talking landmarks in the area? Like what would be inside a book like that? And, and how does that make you feel more prepared than, say, another agent walking in? It is, first of all, when your listing presentation is, is slicker than other people's actual marketing, yeah. that has an impact. Yes. And so you're, I am, with that thing, I am literally showing them the degree of class and detail right. and thought I'm going to put into something. Mm -hmm. So- I mean, and I, now this, I, I don't think most places necessarily have that opportunity. I mean, we're, we're talking about big houses and I have a lot of resources where I particularly am. So I do that every once in a while where I really come in with something insane. 
Now, I will tell you that just in general, 85% of my listing, when I go on a listing appointment or some type of thing, I might have, I might have spent 20 hours on the listing presentation, never pull it out. I hear that all the time. Never, never pull it out. But doing that, I was super prepared. Now, I will leave some, but if I have it, I will leave it most of the time because I remember not having the literally one of the best listening presentations of my life and I did it all on my iPad and I walked away and they didn't have any I didn't leave anything and someone else came in with like a book and this person was tactile and that and I missed out and I if I would have probably brought a book I would have gotten that listing so okay uh, so before we go to number four though I want to just clarify but there's more to it yeah yeah, so there's more to this yeah understanding who the seller is you know as much i go deep on the comps and if you hey listen you might be going for something you don't know about this market well know about it i i mean i would drive by every single property that you're that you're comping out i would call the broker if you can get information in my case i'm looking up articles i really want to know everything about that i want to know who owned it who owned it before that who the architect was you're going to be having this conversation and stuff like that could come up and if you don't have the answers it will definitely be a note and not a positive one on the seller's mind um and i and then i you know will gather any type of intel i can get on the seller on the area any common denominator as you said connect the dots Right. There's anything like that that can give me an edge, I'm looking for that. I mean, the second I walk into a meet, uh, an appointment or a phone call, I'm I'm trying to create rapport. Yes. So I think that those things are key. Yeah, knowing then, the arg- knowing the architect, knowing what sold recently, who are the five people that have owned this property. It's all of that level of detail that it's interesting. Every luxury broker I talk to, like this is the start of a new show, but every one of them says the same thing. Well. Well, you know what? We're, uh, I'm, we're just speaking the truth. I will tell you who yeah. does this better than anyone I've ever met. I've won on a couple of appointments with your buddy, Tim. Yeah. yeah. And he does this thing that is so brilliant, but you have to have the goods. He'll sit there and he will go over the comps, but he doesn't just say 32 blah, blah, blah road. He yeah. goes, you know, Jeff Block sold that house and he, and he, and he sold it to the Simpsons. And he, mm-hmm. he, ma- he mentions everyone, everyone who bought it, everyone who sold it name. And when he does that subliminally, they think he did the deal. He might not have done the deal, but right. it's almost as if he did the deal. And that, I mean, probably the most blown I've ever seen on a listing appointment when he did that. So yeah, it's, it's I mean, the level of intimacy with each one of the comps that separates him. Like, like when I've seen him, when I've driven neighborhoods with him and he tells me, every single person that lives. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, how does he have a memory for this? But, but you automatically think there's just no one else I would work with. Right. He knows exactly. this area who lives here better than anybody else makes, it makes him the authority without ever having to say, Oh, by the way, I'm the number one agent in town. Right. So now, now yeah. that that's going to work sometimes for some people. Correct. He could do that and have this thing and he misses on something else and right. another person gets the listing. So you don't know what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to my fourth point, uh, people, and this is going to make people more comfortable that anyone can get these listings. People don't choose yep. who's the 
most successful, they don't care who the most successful right. agent in the world or in town right. or number right. one. Yep. They choose a person that they think is best for them. Sometimes people have, oh yeah, this guy, he's our guy. Whatever yeah. the case may be, every, you know, every celebrity doesn't use the same business manager. Right. They all use who they think for them is the best. Right. So that's what you really need to really get the point across is how you are going to be the best agent for them. The fact that you sold 7,000 houses could very well mean, mean that you don't have time for me. Correct. What, you don't have time for me. How, I mean, if you have 50 listings, how am I going to ever hear from you? So that's not necessarily a good thing. Sometimes people want a really good person who's super discreet. They don't have a lot of listings. They want all the attention. So be aware of what people want and also be aware that you can be that person where, I mean, listen, on any given day, some brand new agent who did their shit, who at a listing appointment outperforms me, they're going to win. Right. For some reason, they right. push the right buttons. Right. So you can do that. Um, this is also one that I learned. Uh, I used to be this, people had this impression. I was such a chill, easygoing guy. And uh, I, I think the testosterone injections help. But <laughs> <laughs> we're here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm telling you, being pumped. Yeah. And passionate right. is absolutely key. People now, that do, that doesn't mean you're bragging about yourself, but no. people want people that are they, they want someone who's passionate. I think people want their attorneys and their real estate agents to fight for them, to yes. be like badasses. This guy's gonna get the thing done. He is unstoppable. They, that energy for the most part is what someone says. Now, obnoxious, that's a different thing. Just yeah. enthusiastic is what I'm talking yeah. about. And yeah. for me, there I come off as humble. And I think I'm humble compared to people who are not humble. I think compared to people who are really humble, I don't know how humble I am. But whatever the case may be, people go, God, you're so down to earth. And that is something that works for me. Hey, listen, I'm good friends with Josh Altman. I just did a uh, – I just did a uh, – a conference with Ryan Serhant. I don't think those guys come in as humble. That's just my guess, but it works for them. Right. For me, being a little bit more down to earth. I mean, it, it, actually, it's, it's who I am, so it works. But I got the Playboy Mansion. And as I said, I was up against the best in the world. Yep. I wasn't the person who was most likely to get it. But when I went on that appointment, talking to the board of directors, I told them point blank. Hey, listen, I've been in this business a long time. I know what I'm doing. I can get this job done. However, if I sell this property, it's going to change my life. It's going to change my career. You own me until this thing is sold. This is literally my life's purpose right now. And that mattered to them. And they believed it. And it was true. Right. And I 100%. And there's the, the, the humility of saying something like that. Yeah. And it wasn't like, I need this. It was like, look, I know what I'm doing and right. I'm letting you know, and you know this, this transaction will change my career forever. Right. There's something about that statement. Was there, what was the context that brought you to that moment? Do you remember? <laughs> I mean, I can remember it. It was a hundred percent true. 
And again, that kind of goes back to sell what you got. That's what I have. And the guy who, one of the people who was the managing director of like this board of directors, he was a client of mine. He he didn't make the ultimate decision. He wasn't going to step out, Mm -hmm. but he trusted me. And I knew that that's what I had. He trusted me. And I, so I did everything to get that listening. I also brought in somebody else who had more credibility on that to get that deal done because I wanted the Super Bowl ring. You sell a house like that or whatever that equivalent is in your neighborhood, that changes the trajectory of your career. What are you building? This is the essence of my Blueprint event where I ask you to take a few days away from your business and dream about the type of business you ultimately want to build. So to make your reservation, go to tomferry.com forward slash blueprint. I look forward to seeing you at the event. So it's being passionate and being pumped, uh, but it's also, it goes back to, I'm also hearing that number two point, which is like, decide this is my listing. Like I'm getting this. I'm getting like the combination of the two there. Yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm saying them one thing, but in my mind, I'm getting this. There's nothing going to stop me. Uh, What's number number six? Number six is, and I love this, love, love, love this. And I just, I did it. And then I started realizing this is what I do. I never lose listings. They have to, that people, when I don't get a listing, they have to take it away from me because I become their agent before they give me the listing. Right. Not only do I spend 20, 10, 20 hours on a listing presentation, I may spend 10 hours helping people with stages and photographers and let me get you this roofer or whatever it is. I'll just do anything for somebody up front without any commitment. And I've heard brokers go, you know what? I'm, why would you put all that effort into it? And then they give it to somebody else. Yeah. I say, I don't care. That's, that's if I do that kind of thing not enough, mm-hmm. I'll get a lot of business. And if I lose some, that's just the price of doing business. Big deal. So we've all heard the phrase, assume the sale, but you're talking about like the next level of that. Like you're, yeah. you're like, this is already my listing. So we're going to get it staged. This is already my listing. Let's make sure that we do AB, you know, ABC one, two, three, like yeah. you're in that before you're saying, let me send you the paperwork. Is that but what I, I also, yes. But the, the, the distinction, one of them assume the sale can come off a little obnoxious, like a sense mm-hmm. of entitlement. Mm-hmm. Mine is, I'm, there's no sense of entitlement. I'm doing the work. Right. Let, let me help you. Yeah. And if and, and sometimes I'll say, hey, listen, they go, come on, you know, once you back down, we haven't decided. I go, listen, I'm here to help you. This, this is how I run my business. If you end up listening with someone else, that's the way it is. I'm totally good with that. I'm all right with that. I mean, I want this deal, but I'm not worried about helping somebody out. That I, you know, I tell people, like, I've been sober 35 years. Yeah. We, uh, that's just, just, just our credo. Yeah. So I have no problem with that. Hey, listen, if you go with someone else, fine. That usually conversation doesn't come out, but it has. Sure. And it can be pretty powerful. And, and sometimes a, I lose a, sometimes. Big yeah. Deal. There's a karma element to it, though. Uh, another Gary uh, Vaynerchuk and I remember like, talking to him like in 2010 about, you know, if people were just more willing to help and go the extra mile and do the work with absolutely no thought of like, will I get business from this? Those are the people that are going to win. And in this case, they've invited you over. Mm-hmm. They've said, come talk to us about the sale of your home. And you're like, okay, this is my listing I'm taking on. This is what I would do. And you go right into that. Yeah. Like, I just, 
I, I, I concur 100%. What's, yeah. number, what's number seven? Oh, go ahead. When I started in the business, I had this mindset. I don't know where I got it, but being a salesman was sleazy. And you're like taking advantage of somebody yeah. and, you're, and you're stealing. Yeah. And I was really uncomfortable being a salesman. And I never wanted to anticipate or state that I'm going to do this or do that. And uh, at one moment, it just all changed for me. I remember I was, this guy said, I was a big listing. It was, it was, it's been listed recently for 70 million. At the time it was four. I've been around a while. Yeah. And the guy said, you know what? I'm firing you. I'm not doing this deal. I'm pissed. He goes, all you care about Gary is selling this house. And I grew a pair right there at the moment. And I looked right. at him and I go, Roberto, you're hundred percent correct. That's all I care about. That's why you hired me to sell this house. So, right. and I'm going to remind you, and you've hired me to manage you to get this deal done. You are going to sell this house. We're going to do this stuff, screwing around. And yes, I like you. We're friends, but what I was hired to do is sell this house. And okay, fine, fine. <laughs> and all of a sudden, now when I like, well, well, I take a buyer out sometimes, I'll go, hey, listen, I just want to warn you, I'm an expensive guy to spend a couple hours with. You know, you might be several million dollars poor by the time we're done. Yes. So uh, people actually like salesmen. They hate people who pretend not the to dance, be. That dance. I agree. Right. I agree. So the next speaking thing. Of, speaking of sales, because I know your point number seven, because this is good. Tell them number seven. Yes. So when I go on an appointment, I first tell them what they want to hear. And then I tell them what they need to hear. Most agents just tell them what they want to hear. And they end up with a really overpriced listing. So, but you first need to hear what they have to say. You have yeah. to, and you have to be on their team and you have to go over it and you have to just be very, I would say an agreeable tone, not necessarily agreeing that they think their house is worth $7 zillion, but this agreeable tone, not like all of a sudden going into defense. Right. And once you've established that, then at some point, and the more intelligent you do that, the better off you are, is you tell them the reality. And I'm, I'm talking about, for the most part, pricing. It's pricing. It's not, yeah. all, but sometimes it could be other things. Sure. Um, so what, and, and, but when you go over pricing, make sure you do it in an intelligent way. One of, and I have a lot of different ways to do that. Yeah, give us an, give us an example or two. Okay. <laughs> One of the things, if I got something really difficult, it's kind of funny. I'll go, I've come up with a, per, a perfect formula to price your home. Exactly. I go, I said, come up with a price that you think your home is worth. Don't tell me. I go, you got that? Okay. Okay. Now take off 20%. That's what your house is worth. <laughs> and I said, every seller thinks their house is overpriced. And why I know that is because I just sold my house and I did the same thing. I sold my home for $3 million. I thought it was worth three, five. Yeah. So it's just human nature. But my favorite is bringing out an iPad and pulling out the five or six most relevant comps to them. And go and show and have them look at all the pictures and show them the property without the price and ask them whether it's an ask or so ask them to price it. What do you think this house is worth? What do you think this house is worth? And then if they think their house is 25% overpriced, they're going to think these things are worth 25% more as well. 
And when they see what they actually are, that is a reality check. And then you, you, they start to become educated. When, when a seller's educated, they make better decisions. That's why I'm always giving comps during the listing. And if sometimes, you know, the gestation period in these big sales sometimes, and people should be prepared for this, can be one, two, three, four, five years from having that initial lead to them making a decision. Because the bigger the property, the more discretion they have. They don't need to sell the house. They're thinking about it, but it usually takes a, a while. And if you could like start saying, hey, let me start showing you what is similar in your area. And you're doing this over a period of time. By the time you meet with them, first of all, they're calling you. You're their guy. Yes. You're the one. If they, have a, if they have a question, they're calling you. And they'll begin to actually know the market. And that person is very pliable. It's the person that has no clue that just left to their own, um, you know, left to their own mind. And, you know, they just are going to, they assume it's worth a lot more. Right. I mean, people always assume it's worth more unless they know what they're talking about. And then they might think it's worth less than you. So it's interesting you, you bring up, you know, the, the timing involved with, especially a lot of these bigger listings, which yeah. is nice because you look at number eight, that word tenacity, right? And, yeah. and your ability to follow up. So speak to us about number eight. Okay. So I remember my best client, guy ultimately sold the Playboy Mansion for, but I sold a number of things for him before. I got the lead. I had met him at his house. Uh, and by the way, I got the lead just doing somebody a favor. It had nothing to do with, he didn't want to sell his house. He wanted to know if he was overbuilding. So yeah. I did a favor for an architect. Um, and then he, he said, you know what, maybe I'll sell it. Give me a call. So I tried to reach this guy by calling him for like two weeks. And then I said, you know what, maybe I'll text him. So then I started texting him and then it just wasn't working. I go, you know, maybe I'll text him at a different time. Cause I was texting him. Like maybe it was looking back it was at the same time. So, and that didn't work. And then I just started changing the, the question, the method, the thing. And at one point, I don't even remember what it was at this point, but I, you know, I, I said, I, I sent him a text and I said the right thing. And then bam, I pressed the right button and at the right time. And he immediately called me. Now it was interesting after that call, all he wanted to, after that first text that we connected, all he wanted to do is talk. And then when we got into actually listing the property and the deal, all he wanted was emails. So mm -hmm. people don't just have a preference. There's a pattern. So be very aware. And I never lay a trip on anyone. I'm never like, hey, dude, why haven't you called me? Call me back. It's always that's, like the Yeah, that's such a big distinction. But also what I'm hearing is you don't give up, which is that tenacity piece. I think too no. many people, and, and Gary, one could argue sales but if we're talking real estate and we're talking high end, mid price, low end, it doesn't, most people give up. And, yeah. and how often have you and I been together at one of our events where someone will say, I just closed this buyer. I met them seven and a half years ago. And we celebrate that. We celebrate yeah. their, their tenacity, their ability to follow up. But the other part you're talking about is modality, right? So maybe yeah. it's a voicemail. Maybe it's an email. Maybe it's a handwritten note. Maybe it's a text you're changing modality to try and catch them at the right place in the right time and the right experience for them. I call it pushing the right button at the right Love time. It. I'm sure you've had this experience. Maybe you decided I want a Porsche 
go down the Porsche dealer, you're all pumped, get the salesman your number, or he gets it from you. And then something happens. You're not interested in getting the Porsche right now, right. but maybe, but maybe you're going to get one in a year or two. And this guy just methodically keeps on following up and you don't even return any of his calls. Yep. I mean, literally this guy's been calling you for a year. You haven't returned a single call and a year from now. You really want a Porsche and he calls you and you go, Bill, I am so glad you called. And then you get all kinesthetic with him. You know what? I really want to thank you for following up. That was unbelievable. Let's get this thing done. So all of a sudden, you appreciate him. Now, if he was a prick during the period of time, you would have blown him off. But if he was courteous and methodical and he just the right thing, when that time was right, you were happy to hear from him and you appreciated his tenacity. I love it. So I know your number nine point and and one could argue you could have said it sooner and some people would never even say it. But I would argue if you said that, you probably really aren't working the luxury market, especially in LA. And especially in LA, especially in LA. So um, I've had deals where there were nine agents on it. No, right. that's not, that doesn't make sense. And it wasn't my first choice, but it was fine. And I still had a huge, com bigger commission than most people will ever earn. It was all good. So, the, but the um, point is like, be, op be open to co-lists. I mean, you, you and I think, go back to like Joe Babajan. Remember, you know, good old Joe. When I worked with him a million years ago, every listing he took was split with another agent. Well, what he did, and which I have a lot now myself, is he was the big guy at Prudential and for, yep. before Fred Sands. And he obviously worked that. I never had the discussion with him. But everyone who didn't have the muscle, the cachet, the cachet yeah. would bring in Joe. Right. Joe probably didn't do any work, but he, they just brought him in. So yep. my the, point number nine is co-list if you need either the muscle, mm -hmm. the cred. Yep. And I get this a lot all over the country. I'm doing something in New Jersey right. and I'm doing something up in Tiburon. In those cases, I actually had the lead and I'm bringing someone else in. But often I'll get it. Often I'll get it and I will, someone will bring me in because, and this is a perfect uh combination there's somebody who's relatively new in the business or or doesn't sell 10 million dollar homes to sell 1 million dollar homes and they have a friend or a connection and that person right. likes them they'd love to give them the listing but they don't think they have the goods to sell it so yep. if you've got one person that they like and trust and one person that's got the credibility okay. you've got a winner and that's that it. is that that's my biggest when we, I first started working with you, Zillow was my biggest source of leads. Yeah. Now that's my biggest source of leads next to my sphere or like neck and neck. Right. Right. I feel like I have this virtual team all over the country. I love it. Yeah. I remember um, when, uh, when Alan Schaffron moved from LA down to uh, San Diego, San Diego. Uh -huh. right? he calls me, he's like, Hey, I got this listing appointment. It's a $7 million property. He, he must've been a year into the marketplace. And, and even right. though he was doing those deals in the Valley in LA, Caneo Valley specifically, mm -hmm. he said, I just wasn't ready. He goes, I brought in the gallons. He said, here's my listing appointment. He walked in. Hey, you know, Gary, thanks so much for having me over. Here's Maxine and Marty gallons. They right. did the rest. He goes, it didn't matter. I sold a $7 million house. I was suddenly in the game on that side of Pacific coast highway. I had that sale to talk about. I was a made man. Right. Exactly. And a, a made man. And at that point, Maybe the next time you don't need that person. Right. Right. Uh, I've done, I mean, I've been on both ends of this mm -hmm. 
And but sometimes it's just you need the muscle. Sometimes you're just hedging your bet. If you're on a listing appointment, you go, okay, let's just bring in this person who's also after it. Or for whatever case, you bring in someone else to to just reinforce that you're gonna get it. Right. Um, and I do that all the time. And you know what? When you have multiple agents on a listing, the likelihood to get lose that listing diminishes. Yes. Tremendously. It really does. Uh, and another thing, just want to make a point. When you get a listing and it's a co-list, whether there's one or two or three other agents, I take 100% responsibility. Love to have partners that do their do what they're supposed mm -hmm. to do. And often there's cases, but I've had multiple situations where the other agent didn't even show up. Yeah. And I don't, I don't resent it. I just, I, when I list the property, I take hundred percent responsibility and you know what? Everyone recognizes that and it ends up being brownie points that, that you get at some point in the future. So that's, that's my creed. So I don't want to resent doing something. Mm -hmm. Um, and then number nine, uh, number 10, if all else fails, there's always the Hail Mary. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've heard, oh, the Hail Mary. Uh, and I've heard several people at your conferences over the, you know, over the years saying, God, I didn't get it. And then I went back and I thought about this and I went back to them and I was going to get it. And I just right. nailed it. So right. that happens all the time. And uh, that's how I got the Playboy Mansion. I, I had it almost in the hand, palm of my hands and I lost it and I threw a Hail Mary. They had met with everybody and they went with me and it was looking good. And then they met with one other person. And um, when they met with that other person, um, they, it, the, my, the guy called me and said, listen, we met with this other agent and everyone was just totally blown away. They just thought he was just phenomenal. What they were offering was everything. And I said to him, I wasn't prepared for this. I just, I already decided I was getting yeah. it. So that's where my mind works so quickly. I said, you know what? When it comes to a listing presentation and like laying it all down, there's nobody better than him. I completely understand why you guys made that conclusion. I said, where Hilton Highland really shines is in actually selling these homes. And I said, give me 10 minutes. I'm going to send you a spreadsheet of our, our big sales in the last three years and their 20 million plus sales in the last three years. And you'll see the difference. And we literally had like 10 times the sales that this company did. Right. I sent that to him. Within an hour, he said, the board's just decided we're going to co-list. And Was the rest is history. That, that, so was, I'm so glad you clarified because Hail Marys can show up in a lot of different ways, yeah. right? It, it could yeah. be, it could be, hey, look, I just got to show you one stat you didn't know about. It could be, hey, let's co-list. And let's be clear. It could be, all right, everybody else is saying four and a half. I want five. I'll do four and a half, right? I mean, it could be even just a commission Hail Mary. The point is you go back to number two. I'm getting this listing no matter what. Yeah. So, so Gary, being mindful of time, I, I had, a, I had, yeah, I had one me. other, I had one other where I was getting this listing, no matter what I had just been exhausted with this person. I knew him really well. They yeah. had met with like 20 agents and I'm sitting down, thought I was getting the listing. She goes, you know, I met with one other agent and we, I like you a lot. And I met with this other agent and he is such a hustler. I am just so impressed with him. Right. And I said, 
I go, there's no question about it. He is an incredible hustler. I completely on board with you. And I took a beat. I go, the only problem is you may be the one he hustles. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where that came from. It happens to be true. Oh, that is such a great line, Gary. That is such a great line. (laughs) And it was just, I never, and and I, and I wasn't really, so, and I ended up getting that listing. Yes. Um, I don't always have those lines. It, but it's the confidence to say something like that in the moment to trust your gut. Like, hey, I've lost Lissy anyway. So, you know, what's the worst case scenario here? Go for right. it. You, probably, you don't even think that stuff. You, it just, it, everyone knows. It just comes out of your mouth and you either go, that was great or holy smokes, don't ever say that again. I say things like you that I, I'm, 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 I'm witnessing it for as much as everybody else. Right. Exactly. My mind's very quick like that. What are you building? This is the essence of my Blueprint event, where I ask you to take a few days away from your business and dream about the type of business you ultimately want to build. So to make your reservation, go to tomferry.com forward slash blueprint. I look forward to seeing you at the event. So let's let's finish being mindful of time. Let's finish with the two things you do if you don't get the listing. Yes. Number one, I catch him on a rebound. I this how this is on the market. I I what I do is I'll do a search in the MLS for their address. Anything that happens on their address, I'm aware of. I also do a search, and I save that, and I'll get alerts. I also do a search for their comps, so I'm really up to date mm-hmm. on their comps. So if I run them, if I run into them at the market. I'll right. be able to have a very intelligent uh, conversation with them about the market. You never know when that's right. gonna, where opportunity is gonna strike. So, and, you know, especially, you know, Jeff Hyland says, you wanna be the firstborn, the second wife, and the third listing agent. <laughs> and especially in the high end. Yes. So you're gonna get, I think 15, 20% of those deals I miss, I get the second time around and they've been beat up. They've got an education and I'll get the sale. So it's, so that's really important. I do that. Um, And the other thing that's interesting about that is um, I don't resent it. I'm not like pissed that I missed the listing. Right. And like when I'll see that other agent in my mind, when I run into them, I like say to myself, you know, I want to thank you so much for uh, babysitting my client during this period of it being overpriced. So it'll be ready for me six months from now. <laughs> Sorry, that is what a, what a great uh, level shift in your thinking for everybody listening right now for losing a listing, right? Thank you so much for babysitting my client during this period of time when they were <laughs> dramatically overpriced. <laughs> I'm right, catch but- them on the rebound. Right. So the one thing I've learned so much is yes, failure is what predominantly is that's what success looks like. Right. I'm telling this to my girlfriend all the time when something happens. I go, this is what success looks like. You go for a big thing and you don't get it. Yeah. Big. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, you've already you've heard a million times. I mean, guys like Michael Jordan, you know, miss more shots than they've gotten. Yep. Had a bunch of you know losses. So I don't. And that's the other point. So not only do I catch them on the rebound is I don't beat myself up for it. I don't, you know, real estate, it just keeps on coming. 
Right. You can miss every deal this year. It just keeps on coming. There's always more. If you get beat up and you and you you know get deflated, you're going to lose. The people I have respected the most in real estate, I notice guys like take a big hit or celebrity that takes some big hit. Next thing you know, they do something big. So you just got to keep on going and realize that probably 90% of success is failing. Yes. Yes. And uh, the other thing is when you get the listing, what to do when you get the listing. A lot of people are really good at getting these listings and then they drop the ball and that's just pathetic. Uh, And the first thing I do when I get the listing is I over deliver. I really want these people to be blown away. Also, this is key, is I provide updates about the market, about the marketing I'm doing, about other sales in the area, everything about the showings we've had. I provide that to my clients before they ask for it. If you you give them all this information and the house isn't selling, that's on them. And they they accept that. You've given them information. This is a decision they need to make. If they call you and go, Gary, what's going on? Why isn't my house selling? It's on you. And and they blame you. So you don't want to be on the defense. You want to constantly be on the offense. And you know, it's respectable. You've given someone a listing. I know so many times I've in my in the past, I've done a great job for a client. They didn't know it. And if they don't know it, they're not, they're going to be pissed. And once someone's kind of pissed at you, it's hard to fix that. They already have set in their mind yeah. that you are the problem. Yeah. So never put yourself in a scenario where you're the problem. Put yourself in a scenario that you've done this work and show it to them. I could, we could have another conference on how I do that, This what, my marketing reports. But you'll never have a problem with a client when you tell them in advance and they know everything that's going on. They want right. to know that. Right. Um, just, to, just to clarify, you do a showing you get, you know, you get some feedback from the other agent and then you're texting, emailing, what, like if, if I'm listed with you, how yes. often might I get communicated from you on a weekly basis? If I had five showings in a week, am I going to get one okay. email or am I going to get no. five emails? This is what we'll do. When I get a showing, especially on the high end, I tell them we're showing it. I tell them who they are, yep. any backstory, anything I know about. Yep. When we get this after the showing, myself or my assistant will give them the feedback. Mm -hmm. And every month we do a marketing report where we have every single showing who the people are, what the outcome was. We also have comparable homes in the market. What, how many new ones have come on the market? How many have sold? Because if your house hasn't sold and everyone else has, has, that's one piece of information that's good to know. If you are just like everyone else and nothing sold in the last month, that's a different piece of information. So then I let them know about the marketplace as well. And then I take credit and let them know about every tweet, every post, every Instagram, every ad, every corporate ad. Uh, I also lay down all the activity on the internet from Zillow, Trulia, Realtor, my own website. Yeah. I take I, I take credit for all that stuff and let them know what it is and let them know that their house is being exposed. By the way, you don't tell them they don't know. Right. And they just think you're not doing a job and they're getting, they're looking for 
something's not happening. People are looking for what the problem is and don't make it so obvious that they think you're the problem, especially if you're not, that's really sad, but people sometimes don't want to bother somebody. So I'm all over them. And I think that that's key to uh, provide those updates. Those are great examples of like over deliver. Yes. And I, I, I appreciate doing, I have no problem doing I'm up late. Uh, and then when you make the sale, and this is key, because you don't want to sell one house. Oh, I sold a $5 million home. You want to be in the $5 million category. You want to be one of those people. Yep. So when you make that sale, leverage it. And there's a lot of ways to, I mean, in 2010, when I started to, at nine or 10, when I started to coach with you, I'd never been coached before. I had come off of doing developments and I was virtually like I lost at people knowing me in, yes. in resale, even though I had done some things. I remember going on a $3 million listing and saying, show me why I should, what have you sold recently? Who are you? They didn't know. You know, yeah. I remember running into the air, going to the airport and someone says, are you still in real estate? Ooh. Oh my God. Yeah. You're like, yes, after, thank you, 30 years at that point. Right. Sure, 25 right. years. Right, so I had to start all over. So, but I, I got this one deal from million six that I'm going to be a celebrity. It was Ashton Kutcher's house. Mm-hmm. And I leveraged that I sold Ashton Kutcher's house. And then I ended up getting a $6 million sale. And I leveraged that because it happened to be a foreign buyer. And that was a really hot thing. And I, yeah. I was doing Zillow and I was up late at night and I had this whole pitch how I get these foreign people because I work two shifts and I respond to them in real time. And that was my whole pitch. Hey, listen, if you respond to someone at midnight, from China and you're having a conversation compared to someone who responds the next day. Cause what happens if you're in China and they call you in the day and you call them in the day and you call them in the day, you have these conversations like every, you know, oh, you never reach each other. It takes weeks to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. So that was like my whole pitch and it worked very well. And then I got an opportunity to get a $10 million listing from a prior client, but I wanted a hedge. I wanted to get that deal. I actually brought in Mauricio. We co-listed it just to get that $10 million deal, which got me the $20 million deal after that. And that $20 million deal got me closer to when I had that Playboy Mansion opportunity. I had something to work with. And then I got the $100 million deal, which then I got the 100. And that was funny. The $150 million deal, someone brought me in. Yep. Because I I was the guy. So that is all that's key. Just leverage it. You know, there was somebody who sold a $70 million home in Beverly Hills. It was the biggest sale ever in Beverly Hills. And there was another one in Holmby a year or two before for in the nineties. And these two agents, no one ever heard from before. Again, they, they were there. I know they are. And they did nothing with it. Right. Rookie of the year and then gone. So, so everything from just sold to video to like, how many different ways do you get the word out? Like, let's just give me like the playbook. You, you know, just sold, I'll, you just sold this property. Give, give me, yeah, give me the list. I want to, I want to digress before I forget one thing, because sure. there's something you've said. There's a few things you've said that have been invaluable. But the one thing I repeat, it's a mantra to myself mm-hmm. is, I don't know, sometimes y'all, I don't even remember saying that. You right. say, tell people what you know. Don't tell people what you think. And that's a big part of when I go in there. I'm Mm -hmm. telling people the facts. Mm -hmm. I don't hedge my bet. I go, well, maybe sort of. What do you think? None of that. I'm a a surgeon. I'm telling you, you need 
you have a torn ACL. There's, yeah. I don't care what you think about it. Okay. Yeah. So I do that. So go ahead and say, what was your question? So my question was, give me, by the way, and the, I remember the lineup because I remember doing like an early Tom Ferry show on it and it went something like this. Uh, experts know amateurs think. Don't ever say, well, I think we should. Well, this is what I know. I heard, like, that was that, at a, where it really, I've heard you say it multiple times, but yeah. it was at a summit and I heard yes. that. That was my big takeaway. And yeah, it's a, it's a big one. I love it, man. I love yeah. it. All right. So, so my question for you, and this will be the last, last question before I let you go, Gary is, okay. um, so how many different ways can I get the word out? So I just, you know, I just made this legendary sale for me. It's my most expensive sale. What are the five to seven things I should do to get the word out that I did that transaction? Well, if, first of all, I have very good connections and because of what we do, we get a lot of press, mm -hmm. but wherever you may be, you should, Another thing, this is kind of like getting a listing. People who have publications or blogs or posts, they're looking for content. content if right. you've got, and real estate's sexy. Yes, so a is. big sale, if you are not getting that posted. Now, I never will make 400 grand on somebody and they don't want to know about the sale and, sure. and, and, and go out there and blab it. Yeah. But now the way the world is, it's going to come out. And once it comes out, I will definitely get on there. So if you can get press, that's key. But mm -hmm. once you get press, you might even be on TV, who knows? But once you get that press, I find that I will like I, I will post something, whether or if it's a video, I'll post it on BombBomb Bomb, uh, mm -hmm. and I will send it to my sphere of influence. I'll, I'll say something about it and I'll send it. That gets more impact than anything. And then all of a sudden, and you can, okay, but I want, but hold on, Gary. I just want to, I want everyone to hear. I record a video and I distribute it to my center of influence and you talk about it, right? Like, uh, that'll be one way, that, or it, it'll yeah. be something, or it'll be a video that came out for sure. And I'll send out the video and I'll write a caption on it. But yep. if you send something out, whether it's a bomb bomb or you send an email with something, and I put effort into that, I don't just yes. dump something out there. Yeah. When you send that to people, as an email, e email is the best social media on the planet. Bingo. Let's not forget about it. Bingo. It's, it really is. And you send it to your people who know you and you start getting responses. Right. You, every time I do that, somebody calls me. There's a lead in there somewhere. Always. Somewhere there's a yep. lead there. So that is a, a big one, how I get it out. And, and for like, <laughs> I can work into any conversation that I sold the Playboy Mansion. Right. I could be at a funeral. Speaking of better places. <laughs> and, um, but that's you know, because, but let's be clear for the person listening going, oh my God, a funeral. Really? No, you want to know why? Because everybody's interested in real estate. In real estate. Everybody. And you look at like million dollar listing and all these shows that are out there, Gary. People are obsessed with big, expensive, fancy, crazy homes and the agents that sell them, you being one of them. 100%. But even if they're not big, fancy, crazy homes, if they're right. if average homes, if they want one of those, they, people want to know about real estate. How's right. the market? What's happening? And if you've got something to say, and if you just say something, I made this sale in a conversation or an email, mm -hmm. and there's some connection of what they are interested in doing, you're going to get a phone call. People are, right. there's a, you're likely to do it. And right. if you if you keep on doing this over and over and over again, you become the authority. 
And if you stop doing it, they're going to forget about you in about 90 days. Did you, did you do a just sold iteration of a card or a brochure to the neighborhood around the Playboy Mansion as an example? No, but I did do. I'm curious. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And the neighbor bought it. So yeah. Who says door knocking doesn't pay? Right. But what I did do is I did a, it was so easy. It's probably been one of the best responses of anything I ever did. I just did it. I was doing a, a, a video of selling a house and I said, can you shoot a little bit more things? And I just mentioned to them, I sold the Playboy Mansion. I want to show you some images of this iconic sale. And then I just had like, because I didn't have a video on that. Ken Burns effect or something. I did like, sure. I, I did a video of about 10 images of this property. Yep. I just said that I had sold it and I posted that. I got so many views and that was just great for social. It was great for YouTube. It was great when I sent it, when I sent it out to my clients, mm-hmm. that was magical. So, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm not talking about, I don't, you just came up with an, I would have never thought that I am not a male guy. Yeah. I cringe when I think about it. Hey, listen, it might be where I know that uh, there's people that, you know, and coach that kill it with it and it's Ooh. great. Every area is right. different. And maybe if I put that kind of effort into it, I would, but it just hasn't been, uh, hasn't been something I've, I've done much. I've done, and I've, when I've done it, I've done it half-assed. I did one yeah. or two and then I give up on it. I was just going to say, going to, going back to your list, orchestrated tenacity, and then look, sell what you have. If it's not direct mail, it's something else. And you do it well, my friend, you right. do it well. well Gary, and you know what? I can yeah. do it so much better. I am kicking my ass all the time. I've had a lot of, I've been doing this a long time, but mm-hmm. a ton of failure. I've had, um, you know, we're like athletes, the best right. freaking forward in the world could go, be going through a cold streak. That's right. Or they need to be on a different team or something. So I'm constantly, you know, this is, we're very performance based here. We've got to deliver. It's not how great you are. It's how you are performing at any given moment. So I don't forget that. And I guess that's what keeps me humble. I mean, it's really easy to fall off. You mean you got, I mean, the competition's steep. We just don't have a bunch of, you know, as you say, uh, housewives you know when i started yeah. there were like just a bunch of housewives and it wasn't a very sophisticated business yeah. and people now it's a sophisticated business there's right. really good people in it there's a right. lot of competition and uh, for the better and it's i mean so you got to be on it and you've got to perform more than just being great or having yes. a track record you got to perform yeah i love it carrie thank you so much for being on this You're show welcome. buddy we talked about the luxury code and and you know hacking this this incredible opportunity for people to move their price points up you dropped a lot of gold today my friend but i'm sure you've heard that phrase before so hey if you're not following gary gold on social make sure you google him check him out on insta facebook every place linkedin check out his website gary thank you so much and i'll see you in a couple weeks buddy and thanks for the last 10 years of just being part of more than anything just being part of this ecosystem that is so supportive and so great when I was in Dallas recently, oh my God, it was like uh, I was getting a I was getting a IV boost of right what I, of just what I needed. So right. thank you. Well, thank you, my friend, for being a part of it and making so much. You make such a huge contribution to everybody. So I'm saying from the entire community, right back to you. Thank you. You're All welcome. right, have a so good we're one. We're out. 
Give us some comments. Tell us what you think. Who else do you want us to interview? We can't wait to bring you more of the Luxury Code. See you Take soon. Take care. Bye.